0: to Living Faith, the podcast ministry of the First Baptist Church of Avon Park, Florida. Christ says, I have qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. Paul was writing to the Church of Colossae because they were attacking the deity of Jesus Christ. He's just not an option. He's the option. Jesus Christ is the image, is the exact representation of God. Take your Bible, if you will, and open up God's glorious Word. I want to encourage you to open up your Bible. Don't take my word for it. Follow what God's Word's already said. Amen? Take your Bible. I say that. We live in a time and age. This is. A, let me go ahead and just chase my rabbit to start the sermon. Uh, we we kind of live in a day and age to where technology has made the, the Bible so accessible. Uh, but I just love the Bible. And uh, so I want to encourage you each and every week, bring your Bible with you. And we do have pew Bibles, but uh, I, I say that seriously. Don't don't take my word for it. Uh, as we go through the Scripture, you take your Bible, your copy of Scripture, and you follow along. I enjoy preaching through books of the Bible. And a longer book of the Bible, sometimes I might divide it up into smaller sections. But I want to encourage you to, to open your word every day and, and follow along with what God's Word is saying to us as we gather as a church. Turning we were to Colossians chapter 1, uh, I believe the, the bulletin may say verse 15, but I want to start in verse 12. Colossians 1, beginning there in verse 12. Uh, may you be strengthened with all power according to the glorious might, according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, uh, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share the inheritance of the saints in the light, He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross." Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the the words this morning. We are grateful that you are exactly who you say that you are. You are Lord. And what a great day to reflect and to remember and to embrace and experience the blood that you shed on the cross for our sin. Give us the ears to hear and a mind to understand and a heart to embrace the magnitude of the gospel and a life where Jesus is truly Lord in our life. And as we break of the bread and we take of the juice, let us remember that day at Calvary. And I pray that we understand that day should have and can radically change our life. Let us never forget the power, the grace, and the mercy found in the gospel. We ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, in case you have been living under a rock this weekend, Muhammad Ali passed away. So, if you were, you know, just to let you in a little bit into my world, this may be a scary place to be, but in my mind and world, I always have to have something going on in the background. And so, if I'm home or in my office, I like to have something going on in the background, and, and uh, I multitask a million times, times a million times. And so, I, I just had it on, and, and, and it, was, it was Muhammad Ali Day. I am the greatest. Well, isn't that funny how God works? I'm hearing about someone that is the greatest, and I'm preparing a sermon about the one that is the greatest. And as I was listening to that, and I grew up in the, in the late 70s. Well, I didn't grow up. I was born in the 60s. But in the late 70s and early 80s is when I became to understand stuff. So I do remember some of Muhammad Ali stuff. And he was a pretty influential guy. I mean, you know, I, I give him that. It, you know, I, to me, I'm just like, whatever. I mean, you know, I, you know we we all have these things that we can worship but i thought what you know what a big deal we're making over a man no matter how great he is whether he's Tim Tebow or Herschel Walker he's just a man but yet in our culture we take the great i am We've taken him off this cross, we've taken him off his throne, we've stripped him of all the authority the world has. We have, and we, we push him off to the side like he's a nothing. And then a boxer dies, and he's the greatest has ever been. Isn't that pitiful? Paul was writing to the church of Colossae because they were attacking the deity of Jesus Christ. We don't know all the information of what is going on. We just know that there's some, some heresy going on and that's why the, the book of Colossians deals so much with the deity of Christ. There was a, a false teachings going on and I thought, I just love God's word. Even though it was written then and meant exactly that, it still means the exact same thing today but yet we may not be the church of Colossae but we are doing some Unbiblical, terrible things with who the Jesus Christ is today. He's just not an option. He's the option. He's just not a religious person. He is God in the flesh. And you know, and the, I read on the uh, TV or something, or read on the newspaper, thirty great quotes of Muhammad Ali, and one of them was he had said, "I told everybody." Bef- bef-, he said, "I told everybody I was the greatest." before I became the greatest. So when I became the greatest, they already believed it. And for those that know Muhammad Ali, he, was, he, was, he was, had the gift of gab. Jesus Christ is the greatest. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all creation. And Jesus Christ needs to be a big deal in our lives. We have taken Christianity and we've turned it into a a set of values or precepts that we can believe in as it's an option and it's a way that we can believe, but it's not something that everyone should believe that way. And we've taken Christ and who He is. And I I think about even as the choir was singing and our worship already, all that Christ has done for us and what that should mean to us as a church but we've taken Christ and we've pushed Him off to the side and we've made Him an option. I'm grateful for the Word today. And I pray that we truly understand who Jesus Christ really is. He is the greatest. First, and I read this from last week's message, I closed with this last week and started this week, Jesus Christ is the Savior of mankind. You know, when I think about Jesus, I make I make light of this. I'm not trying to ever make light of Jesus Christ, but I'm making light of the way we perceive Jesus Christ. And I always say that Jesus is not white. No one ever knows whether they amen or owe me that. I say that because when you look at Jesus' picture in our homes, he was born somewhere in Tennessee or North Georgia. You know, he's born somewhere in the United States. Jesus is not white. He doesn't look like us. He was born in the Middle East. Jesus is not an American religion. Jesus did not come to save Americans. You see where I'm going with this? I've made some of y'all kind of worried now that Jesus isn't white. What color is he? I don't care what color he is. He's still Jesus. Jesus is not the Savior for Americans. Jesus is the Savior for mankind. We are a result of the gospel coming here. And if we're not careful, we take Jesus and we create Jesus into our little world. Uh, I, was, I was sharing Miss Duke by there. We were talking about living in Minnesota. You don't know this? How many Muslims live in Minnesota? It's a tremendous Muslim population. And so in the South, we have Red, yellow, black, and white, we're all perfect in God's sight. We've got a a mixed racial demographics in the South. But even in the South, predominantly, whether you're white, let's take Avon Park, white, black, Hispanic, whatever color you are, the majority of that population is God-fearing people. When you move to Minnesota and you move into a pocket of a Muslim faith and you go into a city and you're looking at someone that looks differently and talks differently and acts are they're Muslim. That's a completely different scenario. And Kelly and I, what we're talking about here, the the first inclination we have is, "Uh uh-oh, Muslims, keep your eye on them. Jesus died on the cross for their soul just as much as in a white American soul. The point is, they need to hear and respond to the gospel. And the only way they're going to spend eternity in a place called heaven is through Jesus Christ. We can hate what people believe and stand for, but we never stop loving what Christ did on the cross for the sin of mankind. Notice what the Word teaches us about that. It says that... I give thanks, Paul said, to the Father who has qualified you. He has, he has made you competent. He is, when someone says, I am qualified to do that, when Christ died on the cross and we repent of our sin and we place our faith in Jesus Christ, Christ says, I have qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. And we think about the inheritance of the saints. To me, it has nothing to do with possessions or money. When we think about inheritance, we always think about somebody older passing away and, and leaving you something. When we think about inheritance for what it means when we receive the inheritance as a believer, it has nothing to do with stuff I can grasp. To me, it's all spiritual. When when Christ died on the cross for my sin and I called upon the name of the Lord of Jesus Christ and I became a Christ follower, the Bible says that He qualified me. He made me competent. he, He made me right and said, You now receive all the blessings it is to be a child of God. That's incredible. It's not about stuff. It's about being and belonging. I am God's child. And the Spirit of God dwells within me the moment that I am saved. And and tonight we're going to look at alienation and what it means to be separated from God. But it says He has qualified me. He has authorized me. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. That word "dominion." This is not just walking into a, a, a room that's got dim lighting. We were dead in our trespasses and sin, and we were rebelling against God. I, I preached in in uh, uh, Minnesota. No matter where I preach in Minnesota, Florida, the, the words is word. And I was preaching on what it means to be saved, and I had a gentleman come up to me and said, "Man, I'm so glad you said that the way you said it. I get so tired of people saying that we're just bad people that become good and we get saved." And I mean, he was preaching then. He said we're not good people; bad people that get good we're dead people that come alive that's a big difference when you're bad and become good you can get some credit for that well I'm not too bad I'm not as bad as these people I was dead I was living in the dominion of darkness and Christ died on the cross And extended a message of salvation. And opened up my heart, and I received it. And the Bible says that I was delivered into light. You have a baby, where do you go to? Delivery? They still call it the delivery room? Like, you're delivered. I was in the dominion of darkness. It wasn't a bad place. It was a damned, damned nation place. It was not a, a little bad. It was a dominion, that word, a dominion of darkness. And my sins were forgiven and I was saved. I was transferred to the kingdom of His beloved Son. I always use this as an example, especially for younger folks, with the whole Hobbit trilogy. I love those types of things. But somebody like me that has a very short intention span, it was like the last two hours of the last movie, he's climbing the mountain. I'm like, somebody just please take the ring and throw it in the lava so this thing can be over with. If you haven't seen it, you don't get it. It's like forever he's climbing the mountain. Just take it and put it in there. That whole movie is about kingdoms. It's written by a believer, by the way. It's about two kingdoms. You only got two options. The kingdom of the sun or the kingdom of the big eyeball on top of the tower, that's the bad dude. The moment that we are saved and the moment that we repent of our sin. Because of who Jesus Christ is, we are transferred. It's an accounting term from one thing to another. It's like today we can transfer money on our phone. It's amazing. Transferring money from one account to another, and it's legal and it's binding and it's actual. The moment that we get saved, we get transferred from the dominion of darkness. And notice what it says to the kingdom of the sun. What a great place to be living. In the kingdom of the Son, in whom we have redemption, paid in full. I rented a trailer the other day. I'm renting a a, a truck, so you know, you walk in there and you get, you you have a a credit card or or something. Um, You go in there and you say, "Well, here's that purchase." And something that's more than a few dollars, you know, you don't carry cash, you know, you're, you're saying, what if that thing, and this happened to me before, actually, on a Sunday night after church, somebody had gotten into my account and I, I went to pay for, for uh, supper at the Olympic. That's kind of embarrassing. When you're the preacher and you with church folks at the Olympic, hey, this thing been denied. And I was, well, the offering was kind of low today. <laughs> you know, you're kind of looking, oops. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? You go in there and they say, you know, it's, it's been redeemed. It's, it's, it's good. Paid in full. You can take the truck. You don't have to do anything else but to repent of your sin and play, place your faith in Jesus Christ and it's paid in full. When Christ died on the cross and shed His blood for our sin, there's nothing else we need to do. You don't have to live good and be perfect and do all the right things. You just have to love Christ, live for Christ, and follow after Christ and to realize that the debt is paid in full. There's no works to it. I show you my works, I show you my faith that leads to works, as Jane would say, it is paid in full. I do think about Muhammad Ali being Muslim. You know a Muslim never understands, he can, there's no assurance that they can go to heaven. They're hoping they've done enough to get there. Sad part about it is a lot of people that believe in works religion, they do a lot of good works for the cause. We don't have to work our way to heaven, but we don't want to live like we're going to heaven. Why is that? We ought to be out working everybody for Christ. Jesus Christ is the Savior of mankind. That's why He's preeminent in the church. Secondly, as we go to verse 15, He is the creator of the world. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. I don't know when I did this. I took a red pen, and everywhere I saw He or Him, He is, by Him, for Him, through Him, He, in Him. Jesus is a big deal, isn't it? He is the creator of the world. Look at that word there, image. It's in the Greek, it's where we get our English word, icon. Someone is an icon. It carries the idea of a likeness. When you look in a mirror and see your likeness, that word there means likeness to, to, in the image. It, it's the likeness of something. It also carries the idea of manifestation, that you're revealing something. You're manifesting something by, by what you're doing. That word there literally means this. Jesus Christ is the Image is the exact representation of God. Jesus Christ is a manifestation of God. He's not a way to God. He's not an option of God. He is the image of God. By Him, all things were created. What was created by Him? All things were created. I could, I could take a list and, you know. in my studying this week. Many, many, many other theologians and commentators, when they got to this point, they listed all of these planet stuff, science stuff, that points to the way I would say it. If you don't think this world was created, this universe was created, you've got to be kidding me. Just long list of things that are exactly the way they are. And there's no way in the world the way that things are by chance. That's the craziest thing to me. I'm not a debater and an arguer. I don't enjoy debating people. I get mad and I'm afraid I'm going to punch them in the throat. And then that's a lot of repentance. And I'm not saying that I think I'm tough and a bully. I just don't handle myself well. I get frustrated. There's not a lot of debating going on up here. I just like taking the word and preaching and teaching. I'm not a good debater. I'll never be on a new. If I'm ever on a news, if I ever call you up and say, I'm going on a news show to debate something, somebody stop me. Because I'm going to get mad. How in heaven's name do you expect me to believe that we just came out of a mud hole by chance? I mean, it's, you just look, ask any science teacher. There's no way the world is the way that it is, and it's by random chance. And it's, where did the Big Bang come from then? I mean, that's just crazy to me. Why do we just not step back and say, Jesus Christ. Is the creator of all that we have. He is absolute Lord. Jesus Christ is enough. If He is enough to create the universe, He should be enough for me to live my life. 365, 24-7. He is enough. He is a creator. If He created the heavens and the earth, I'm willing to bet He can manage the affairs of my life if I will follow Him. Some of us right now in absolute panic mode. I was riding down the the interstate. Who in the world created Atlanta, Georgia, by the way? Jesus, I don't know. I know you're the creator, and I am from Georgia. Somebody built a bypass over that, just a a tunnel over that. Is the craziest city in the world to drive through. I like a lot of Christian music. Now, some Christian music I don't want in church, but I like all Christian music. I love Southern gospel music, but if we played Southern gospel music like I like, I'm going to start running around in here. I love contemporary praise and worship. I like like Caleb, but I don't necessarily want to listen to him. So anyway, long story short, I need to move on. So I'm listening to something by the Kingsman or something. I mean, I am, we are having shouting time in heaven. And somebody pulled up brakes before me. And I'm running about 70 with a fully loaded trailer. I am so glad that Jesus Christ has the whole world in his hands at that moment. I was, I was speaking in tongues like a good Pentecost at that point going, there's no way this thing's coming to a stop and I'm going to get to heaven and blame it on the Kingsman. If He created the universe, do you not think He can take my little bitty life and order my steps and guide me and protect me if I've got a, an illness or sickness and death and life and all things, if He created the entire universe, if we can't even explain the galaxies, but we know He created it, but we can't trust Him to govern our lives. Isn't that sad? And I did I, that thing. Finally, stopped, and I, I don't think an angel stopped me. It just stopped. And I was like, "Woo! Thank you, Jesus." Now, he said, I'm in control of all things. Do You think maybe you can slow down and quit singing so loud and drive a little carefully? (laughs) Let him dictate your life. If he created the heavens and the earth. I think about parents. Do Y'all know Brandon's getting married? It's a joke because I've talked about it all the time. And that that dancing in the bulletin, that is sharing side of the family. I am a Baptist preacher and I don't dance. (laughs) I want to go ahead and get that out. I looked in the bulletin, I said, Lord, I just got... I just got voted in. I'm going to get voted out. We're dancing at the funeral. Praise the Lord. There wasn't going to be a wine toast or something. In the newsletter, it says dancing to follow. And I was like, Lord, I, I told you, Sharon Side the family has got issues. I keep telling you all that. Lord have mercy. That would be where Sharon said, stay on task. Don't get sidetracked. He can take our life and direct us where we need to be if we'll follow Him. He created everything. Parents, you're sitting there. That's why I was talking about the wedding. You're sitting here, and you're, I look at our, our young people, mad, and, and families. I look at all the young people and you're, I look at the pews. You're looking over there and you're going, I don't have a clue. This, this crazy world we live in, I'm bringing up children in here. I'm going to have grandchildren. How are we going to do this? Listen, don't worry about how you're going to do this. You follow Jesus and let Jesus do this. If He created the world, I promise you He can manage your household. If we will let Him. Young people, you don't have a clue. I love I love big ideas. I love dreams. I love whatever you want to call them. I'm not a big dream guy. You know, you got somewhere you think you want to do. There's nothing wrong of thinking you what you want to do, but follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He created the heavens and the earth. If he created all eternity, if he created everything that we have, he surely can put you in a calling and career that he is preparing beforehand for you. Don't that make life easy when we look at it that way? He's a creator, he's the savior. Verse 18. He is the head of the body. The church. I love one of my favorite analogies for the church is the body, because you know, heads, arms, fingers, everything does something different. We all fit together. It's one of my my favorite analogies of the church is the body. We are a body. And it says Jesus is the head. You, You think of that word head, it literally means the idea of a head of a river. you know where the Mississippi River starts? Nobody knows where the Mississippi River starts. Bemidji, Minnesota. It's about that wide. It's the source. You, when, you, when you don't have much to brag on, when, you, when you're below zero, 24-7 up there, they have something. So it's Paul Bunyan and the Mississippi River. It's the source of the Mississippi River. What is the source of the church Jesus Christ isn't that exciting when we think about doing church all we're doing is tapping into the source Jesus Christ he is the head of the church everything we do is because of him He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and everything ought to point to the gospel of Jesus Christ, everything ought to point to the glory of God, the lordship of Christ, the power of the Spirit. Everything we do is because of the source. Everything we sing, everything that we say, everything that we do is the source. Now, the problem is we forget who the source is, don't we? And when man gets in the way, it gets real difficult and real complicated real quick. The pastor is not the source. A layperson is not the source. A denomination is not the source. Jesus is the source. He said, I am the head of the body of the church. He is in the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. This is not that He was created. This idea of firstborn deals more with significance and rank. Jehovah's Witnesses say, He is a created being. No, He's not a created being. He's God in the flesh. Firstborn means He is the most superior thing there is that in everything He might be preeminent. Everything we do should point people to the truth of Jesus Christ and to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and nothing should get in the way of that. The good news of the gospel, knowing Jesus Christ, growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ, going and serving others in the name of Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, everything we do points people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the head of the body of the church. The firstborn from the dead. That in everything He may be preeminent. He is the Savior of mankind. Verses 12 through 14. Verses 15 and 17. He is the creator of the world. Verse 18. He is the, the head of the church. Verses 19 and 20. Jesus is the fullness of God, I said, what does God look like? Well, in my little world, Jesus, He is the fullness of God. He is God in the flesh. He is not a person. He's not a, a mighty prophet. He's not a, a great man. He's not a, a very divine, special person. He is the fullness of God. For in Him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. Through Him to reconcile, to make right to Himself. When Christ died on the cross, and when we think about the gospel, the gospel is not... This is what Jesus did historically, if you believe in that you're Christian. That is what we've done wrong since the early church. We said historically, this is what Jesus did. If you believe historically, it's like I, I and I'm not I don't have time to get into all this. This is not Muhammad Ali Day. But if you had on ESPN that continuously ran quotes, 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 quotes. I couldn't work on my sermon anymore because I was criticizing all the quotes. God came and got one of His own. If He's a professing Muslim, God didn't come get Him. That's not judging. If you're professing anything other than a professing Christian of the Lord, if you're professing anything other than I've repented of my sin and placed my faith in Jesus Christ and He is Lord of my life, the second you take your last breath, you're going to hell. But we've taken the message of the gospel and said, if you believe historically this, or if you believe historically that, or if you believe historically that, then you're a believer. And it's just sad. Notice what the word says. What happened was that in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Through him, through the shed blood of Christ on that day of Calvary, through him the gospel came out to reconcile men. And guess what happened? All things to himself. What happened was when the gospel goes out because we're in the dominion of darkness and we're lost in our trespasses and for all have sinned and short of the glory of God, when we respond to the gospel we come from dead to alive and we become, a, as the Word would say, we become a new creation. And so it's not just believing historically Jesus did something on the cross, it's historically Jesus did something on the cross for me And I'm going to receive that message and I'm going to embrace what Christ has done for me and I'm going to live for Christ and I'm going to love Christ and I'm going to come to Christ and I'm going to follow after Christ because Christ is Lord of my life. So many people think if you just believe historically something that's happened, it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. Jesus came to change lives not just to pass along historical information we can agree to. Christ is enough because He is Savior. He is Creator. He is Head. He is the fullness of God. One of the drawbacks we have in America and in our culture is so many of us have grown up in church, you know, and we've heard their stories. We have vacation Bible school. And, and like me, I never, I, there was never a historical time in my life where I did not believe in God. When I, I went to church, believed in Jesus. I, I believed the historical thing. I, I never did just go, now I believe in God. But the danger of that is growing up in a setting like that is we think just believing there is a God, that we believe there is a Jesus, that we believe in those things, we think that is salvific. And I don't want to be you know, blurring the lines or making our salvation complicated, but the point is, as we have heard about the things of God our whole life, is there been a point in a time that we repented of our sin, and in the simplest way to say it, I've given total and all allegiance to the Lordship of Christ in my life. I got saved at 12, but the, you know, the terrible things I was doing as a 10 or 11 and 12-year-old was like stealing my little brother's Pop-Tart. And so I can bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in 10 and really meaning to be saved, but one of the problems is, too, as I grew up, my biggest ordeal wasn't Pop-Tarts. When I became in middle school, I had other issues. And I did not grow in my knowledge and understanding of the things of the Lord, and I began to act just like the world. I was saved because I repented of my sin and placed my faith in Christ at a young age, but I did not continue to grow in my knowledge and understanding of the things of the Lord. And so I did act like a lost person. So maybe that's you today, that you've, you've not continued to grow in the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life, and you've stopped yielding every aspect of your life to Him, and He's become a convenience to you. You've checked the box, I know I'm going to heaven, but is He Lord of your life? But I do believe the church is full of people all over our world that say that they have done something, but they know they have never bowed their knee and their head and their heart and repented of their sin and placed their faith in Christ. And how do I know you know that? Because the Holy Spirit is wearing you out over it. The Holy Spirit's good about that. And if the Holy Spirit's doing it, that's a good thing. Because a hard heart wouldn't hear it. And once we have a hard heart, it's over. Is Christ enough in your life? Listen, here's the thing about it. I'll close with this before we have communion. If I spend all my time worrying about all the crazy people out there and what they believe, I'm going to be running around like a crazy person myself. I decided about a month ago, I'm not going to worry about all the false stuff. I'm going to focus on the right stuff. I'm not going to focus on all the crazy things out there, but I'm going to believe every word this says. And I'm going to focus on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm going to focus on my relationship with Christ. I'm not going to worry about all that out there. I'm going to know that that's wrong and crazy, and I'm going to try to understand and apply it into my life from a gospel standpoint. But if we just focus right here on our relationship with Christ and what God has given us through His Son and the Spirit, our life's going to be great. Muhammad Ali said he's the greatest, and we've bought into it. And we have the greatest. And most of us will not even acknowledge who he is. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your life this morning? Have you repented of your sin and placed your faith in him? And can you say without a shadow of a doubt, right now in your life, the most important thing that's going on in your little world is living for King Jesus as Savior, creator, head, and the fullness of God. Let's stand as we pray. Lord, we do thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died that day on the cross for our sin. And as we come and as we gather, as we respond to your word this morning, as we prepare to receive the Lord's Supper, as we sing about the cross, I pray that you would keep us near the cross. Let us spiritually and mentally make decisions, but Lord, I pray that even from a physical standpoint, not just coming forward at a service, but that we leave this place different than when we become. Christ, you are enough. Let us believe that and acknowledge that with the way that we worship and live today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's all for this edition of Living Faith. Stay connected to the teaching and preaching ministry of First Baptist Church by subscribing to this weekly podcast using your computer or mobile device. First Baptist Church is located at 100 North Lake Avenue in Avon Park, Florida. We meet every Sunday for worship at 1045 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. We invite you to join us if you don't currently have a church home and are looking for a place where the Word of God is proclaimed with power and clarity. You can find access to all of this and much more by visiting our website at fbcap.net. We look forward to connecting with you. Until then, this is Living Faith.